Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast for our Wednesday edition of Week 18, uh, coming at you from February 15th of 2023. Uh, I'm your main host, Karsten, and since it's Wednesday, I'm once again joined by my Wednesday co-host and good friend, Justin. How are you doing today, Justin? I'm doing great, Karsten. How the heck are you doing? Doing good, you know, just hanging in there. For some reason, I have a little bit of a <clears throat> kind of a tough time clearing my throat today. Hopefully that doesn't interrupt us too much, but uh, otherwise I'm doing pretty good. So uh, I, I guess if we've got not much else to that talk about. That gives me an opportunity to make a, <laughs> oh, here we go. Right. a Reggie Miller choking reference. There we See go. That? Yes. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not Spike Lee and or John Starks. So <laughs> the sign means nothing <laughs> oh, to me. Oh my gosh. Talk- <laughs> Talk about the biggest choke job in history. The the Knicks should have at least won a championship in there somewhere, but goodness gracious, they fell apart. They were close. I mean, seven games <laughs> against the Rockets, you can't get much closer than that. So, like, I don't know. I, I, I love Reggie Miller. I don't know if it was fully choking by the Knicks. I don't know. That's a whole other conversation. Let's uh, – we were talking before this about, you know, Jib does a great job of adding in the, the flavor bits and, and maybe even pulling us off, us off track for better and for worse. Uh, more times better because, it, you know, adds some, some interesting stuff to the podcast. But uh, I, I'm going to steer the course here. We're going to get us on to our first part of the show here, uh, and that is our game summaries from Tuesday night's action. We only have a handful of games, five games from last night's action, so let's get right into it. Firstly, the Toronto Raptors won at home against the Orlando Magic in Jakob Pertl's, uh first game back with the Raptors. Uh, they win 123-113, to 113, uh, and Jakob Pertl not only had his first game back with the Raptors, but it looks like he had a pretty solid game. Uh, firstly, for the Magic, though, they were led by Wendell Carter Jr. He had 26 points. Uh, they also had 24 points off the bench from Jalen Suggs. Um, and so those two combined for a lot. Markel Fultz had 19 points. Uh, meanwhile, for the Raptors, we mentioned Pirtle, 30 points, nine rebounds, and six blocks. Where was this when he was with the Spurs? Um, but that's a whole other conversation. Siakam adds 26 points. They get 11 points, 13 boards for Precious Achua and 10 points, 15 assists for Fred Van Vliet as they pick up that win. Um, maybe we can chat a little bit about that. We didn't talk too much about that fertile move for the Raptors and the Spurs. What do you think the outlook is for Toronto with just that new addition of Jakob Pertle? Well, I think this is him getting an opportunity to play in the real mm. ball. He played for almost 37 minutes in this game. Um, he took 15 field goals, which is probably his career high. Um, and, and shot 88% from the field. So he just had a crazy good game. I think he's a, a dang good fit on the super tall and lengthy um, Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. For sure. And he also, they've been playing for the last season or so with um, Siakam kind of playing at a center spot, which he isn't incapable of playing, but it has been an odd fit. And now everyone kind of shifts back to their more natural positions with Siakam more at that, you know, four spot and Scotty Barnes can play in three and it, you know, it, it fits my um, tastes as a traditionalist for sure, but it also, I think fits those players talents a little bit better. Uh, but yeah, nice win for Toronto. Uh, you know, a magic team that had won a couple of games recently that were good for them. So they uh, 
get kind of brought down to earth a little bit in this one. Uh, let's jump to the next game. I caught the last few minutes of this one, fortunately. Uh, it was a pretty close, exciting affair that went to overtime. The two top teams in the East and arguably the top two teams in the entire NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. The Bucks win at home against the Celtics, 131 to 125. Thanks in part to the heroics of uh, Drew Holiday, uh, big three at the end of the game there. It was back and forth, especially in that second half. Sam Hauser hits a ridiculous three to force overtime, and then the Bucks they were able to still take care of business in overtime. Uh, for the Celtics, they were without uh, Jason Williams, or excuse me, Jason uh, Tatum and um, Jalen Brown in this game, but they still put up a pretty good fight. 27 points, 12 assists for Derek White, 26 off the bench for Brogdon. Uh, four other guys, all starters, had double figures. and But for the Bucks, Giannis led the charge, 36 points, 13 boards, 9 assists. And they also got 40 points from Drew Holiday with a uh, key three-pointer. We mentioned that. Uh, 16 and 11 for Middleton off the bench, and the Bucks able to get that win. Uh, Jib, any uh, for, for those who don't know on the podcast, Jib is Justin's nickname of sorts. Um what do you have as far as notes on uh, these teams or this game? First of all, thank you for bringing Jib back to life. That was my nickname all the way through high school and way back in the day. And so it's, <laughs> it's interesting to hear it again because it's been years since I've heard that. So that's, yeah. that's awesome. Um, but I think Drew Holiday had a freaking awesome game. Um, 40 points is huge to go along with Giannis who had 36. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, they just played super awesome. Um, they, they had a huge comeback in the fourth quarter. Uh, they were down five with two minutes left and they came back and won. They scored the final seven points of the game and Mm -hmm. they had a go ahead three pointer by Drew and, you know, put the game away. Um, one of the scary things that happened, so I got to watch some of the clips and highlights from this game, is Giannis drove and got absolutely battered and landed bad. And so I think he's going to be kind of banged up, but I, I hope he's not too hurt. They they haven't reported that he is hurt, but he got absolutely wrecked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's always, especially this season, he has missed time already with an injury, so that's certainly something to be keep an eye out for. Plus, he did play a lot of minutes in general, uh, nearly 46 minutes in this game, uh, due in large part to that overtime period. So, you know, could be an, it could be a factor. But uh, for Milwaukee, this also is their 11th straight victory. And to get a victory like this against the Celtics, even though the Celtics are shorthanded, even though the game's in Milwaukee, it's still nice. They keep that streak going. They build the streak and definitely a nice win for them. Um Let's jump to the next game. The Phoenix Suns win at home against the Sacramento Kings, 120-109. to uh, DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker, the, the two-man uh, dynamic duo in this one as they get this win. Firstly, for Sacramento, uh, they were led by De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis, as you'd expect. 35 points for De'Aaron Fox. Sabonis had 24 points with 15 rebounds and two assists. Uh, they also got 18 from Kevin Herter and 11 each for Harrison Barnes and Terrence Davis. Uh, meanwhile, for the Suns, we mentioned Booker and Ayton. They combined for 61 points, Booker with 32 points, 
Aiton with 29 and 11 rebounds. Uh, Chris Paul added 17 points and 19 assists. That's got to be one of his highest assist totals within the last few seasons. And uh, the Suns gelling a bit. They've got more consistent minutes lately and more consistent games from Booker and Paul and Aiton. Of course, those three are a former finals type of team along with the supporting cast. And now they're just hoping to keep that team upright, maybe elevate them a bit until Durant is able to return, hopefully at some point this season. And so, uh, you know, Suns doing a good job there to get a win against a strong Sacramento team. Um, Before we jump to that Clippers Warriors game, any comments on Kings or Suns? I just want to say my entire life, pretty much the Kings have been terrible. And it's really fun to see them with a bunch of scrappy dudes playing hard and playing really well. Um, I also love the Phoenix Suns this season. I think their team is exciting. I think they're they're cancerous, as you've heard in multiple podcasts in the past. But I think they're they're still fun to watch, especially when they're clicking on all cylinders. So, right. I, I really really like both of these teams, and the Suns are undefeated against their conference. So, in the Pacific Division of the NBA, they have not lost a game. They're nine and zero. So maybe that will fare into the playoffs. Maybe they'll be able to keep that momentum up. Maybe. You know, I, I thought for a second this was a, a different person I was talking to. You're like, oh, I love the Suns. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is the guy that had a whole rant about the Suns, you know, just a few weeks ago. But um, you did bring it back. He said, you know, anyways. But, no, yeah, I think both teams have a lot of potential. And I'm with you to see Sacramento doing what they're doing this season is just fun as an NBA fan. You know, and I can imagine how exciting it is to be in Sacramento right now and be a fan of the Kings. Um, yeah, let's jump to that next game. You mentioned the Pacific Division. Uh, here's a Pacific matchup. The Clippers at home against the Golden State Warriors. They win in Los Angeles 134 to 124, uh, dropping the Warriors below or, or to 500. Um, back and forth game. The Clippers take a big lead in the fourth and never look back. For the Warriors, um, Still, of course, without Curry, Jordan Poole doing his best to fill that gap. He had 28 points in this game. Uh, they also got 18 from Clay Thompson. Um, and five other guys had 10 or more points. But for the Clippers, it was uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Kawhi with 33 points, seven boards, four assists, looking like the Kawhi of old. Uh, Paul George added 20 points of his own with eight assists. 24 off the bench for Norman Powell, who continues to make a strong case for sixth man of the year. Uh, Terrence Mann also had 16 points starting at a sort of point guard along with Paul George. That's maybe the big question for the Clippers. I'll, I'll turn that over to you, uh, Justin. What do you think about the Clippers situation at point guard having traded both John Wall and Reggie Jackson? Do you think they look for somebody on the buyout market perhaps? I think that's exactly what they're going to do. Um, obviously they won this game and their team on paper looks like it'd be super good. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to have issues distributing the ball and having somebody who can play that guard position right now. They're running Paul George at the two. And I think Paul George is like six foot eight or six foot nine. Hmm. He's kind of big to play a position like that, but I, yeah, I, I don't really have a whole lot to say. Um, what I was focusing more on and especially in my notes here is the, the comment that Donkey from Shrek made about the Warriors at the end of the game. Um, Triple Single said, defense is all about a will. I want to defend. Defense isn't fun. You've just got to do what you want if you want to win, and we haven't. 
I'm not going to try on that side, but I can be better. I'm not going to point the finger at anyone or point blame. If you're a leader at something and you're failing, it's your fault. And that to me sounds kind of like a player who's having some issues with his team. And so I hope there isn't chemistry issues on the Warriors because I've been a big Warriors fan over the last few years for no reason at all. Other than I think Steph Curry is awesome. And so I, I, yeah, I I hope he doesn't try to fight his way out just by being a, a petty loudmouth. But hey, I I don't know. I guess I've never met the guy, so maybe he's lots of fun to be around. But I <laughs> I apologize for the critiques. I, I was um, gonna say partially. Yeah. I apologize on Jim's behalf, Draymond. Uh, I, I was not the one who said triple single. That was Jib and Charles <laughs> I'll Barkley, tell him so not me. I'll, I'll I'll tell him to his face if I ever meet him which probably won't ever happen, but Look, here we it's, are, I guess. He goes beyond the stats, all right, Jib? He's more than a stat player, <laughs> all right? So, J- Draymond, I apologize. But, no, yeah, there's definitely, you know, the Warriors have been a, a team that's been, you know, very inconsistent all season. Going back to 500, they're still in that play-in mix, but, yeah, something to keep an eye out for as far as how they're able to finish. Maybe, you know, like you said, Draymond, how he's been able to – you know, fit with this squad if they can work out, you know, some of those internal issues, if there are any, certainly something to keep an eye out for. Um, But thank you for bringing in that quote from him. That's definitely, you know, adds to our insight into that game and what's going on with the Warriors. Uh, Definitely appreciate that. Uh, Let's jump to that last game, the Washington Wizards winning on the road in Portland against the Trailblazers, 126 to 101. Uh, Pretty big margin of victory for them. Kind of a letdown for the Trailblazers after that nice win against the Lakers. Um, the Trailblazers never led at any point in this game. Uh, Wizards ended up winning by 25. Uh, in fact, that was their biggest lead of the game. Uh, for the Trailblazers, it was Lillard once again with a strong game, 39 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Uh, Anthony Simons added 17 points, and Cam Reddish had 18 points, uh, 14 off the bench for Shaden Sharp. But for the Wizards, it was Kyle Kuzma and Chris Stapps for Zingas. Kuzmo with 33 points, 9 rebounds. Porzingis with 28 points, 12 rebounds. 19 for Bradley Beal. Uh, 10 off the bench for Kendrick Nunn. And the Wizards get the win there. And I guess I'll just kind of add a comment. Maybe you can build off of it if you want, Jib. But for the Wizards, they've got, they're have got they a really interesting team. We had them at early points in the season as one of the top half teams in the NBA. Of course, they've fallen from that kind of mark that they held they're still not terrible but they've got pieces to be a play-in type team maybe even a playoff team and of course we talk Bradley Beal and Porzingis I just there's something that's still kind of missing of course it's hard to pinpoint what that is Jib do you have comments on maybe what could elevate this Wizards team to that next level or maybe changes of players that should happen well, I really like the dynamic between Kyle Kuzma and Tingus Pingus Kristaps. Um, I think they, they both do a really efficient job when they can play together and filling their roles. Mm-hmm. Right? When, when Kyle Kuzma can come and you know, get 33 and add it to Kristaps' 28, that forward pair is pretty monstrous. And so I think if they could get a player that was unselfish and loved to pass um, – and could play fast. I think that could be a really, really good fit. Someone like a, a 
I'm trying to think of somebody that could fit that role. Maybe like a Dennis Schroeder or a Ricky mm. Rubio. I think they could do really well on this team. Bradley Bill is really good too. Um, he has kind of his on and off games and they pay him like he's worth, you know, more than anybody else in the league, but he's kind of their face guy. Right. Mm. So Bradley Beal is awesome. Kyle Kuzma is awesome. Kristaps has been on and off, but he's been pretty good when he's good. Um, yeah. I think they're just missing the point guard piece. If they could get somebody to distribute the ball and get Beal shooting and feed the big guys, I think they could be really solid. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's right on the money. And, uh, we, we didn't talk Gafford. He gets kind of forgotten, but he's a solid enough centerpiece. That's not really a too big of a concern. And with Kuzma and Porzingis, they kind of, you know, fill in some of those inside scoring gaps that maybe Gafford doesn't score a ton. But like you said, yeah, point guard may be a concern. They brought in Monte Morris from the Nuggets to be their point guard this season. He's a serviceable point guard, more of a backup in my mind. So, yeah, looking for that starting point guard, I think would probably elevate the Wizards. Um also, a side note, thank you for the, the Tingus Pingus reference. Appreciate that. <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy that. I also want to note that Damian Lillard took 17 threes and made five of them, which is about oh, he did. <laughs> 30%, 29%. That dude was checking up everything. Um, but I think that's kind of what happens when half your team is hurt and yeah. you know four of your five starters are out. So. The, the Trailblazers, I think, are in a weird position, but I think their team could be really good if they can get healthy. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, yeah, they're missing both Yusuf Nurkic and uh, Jeremy Grant did not play in that last game. So certainly, yeah, 5 of 17, I didn't realize how many shots Lillard had taken. But I, I don't – if I'm, you know, the defense or if I'm his coach, it's like, hey, just keep shooting him. You know, I, I don't care if he's – 30% that game he's still going to have a good chance of making it but um no yeah both teams have some questions certainly and that'll be something probably that morphs and translates into our off season you know what do both these teams look to do to you know improve their chances going into next season i suppose trailblazers of course still in that play in mix wizards not as much but um both teams probably starting to look a little bit more towards the next off season uh, for sure. But regardless, in the moment, nice win for the Wizards, uh, kind of a letdown for the Trailblazers. And that takes care of our five games from last night's action. Uh, let's jump to our news. We only have a couple of items, so I'm going to run through these real quick. Um, firstly, a uh, bit of free agent news. Um, normally, I put each of these news titles under uh, uh, which team it pertains to. But in this case, it's regarding a player who's currently a free agent. Uh, Bryn Forbes, who was released recently by the Timberwolves, has been arrested on a family violence charge, which is just the worst kind of news. You don't want to hear about anything like this. Um, hopefully, um, you know, his family, those who were uh, affected by this potential thing, you know, of course, there's going to be, you know, we need to kind of see what the, the facts are. It's just been, what's been kind of reported at the moment, but, you know, hopefully those involved, any, anyone who was, you know, negatively impacted by this will, uh, you know, end up okay in the long run. Uh, just kind of a terrible thing to hear about. Um, let's jump to the next one. Uh, the Hornets, this is just more specifically Michael Jordan, the team owner. Uh, he donates $10 million. Uh, he donated $10 million to make a wish in uh in honor and celebrating his uh 60th birthday uh as reading into it he's over his history been one of the biggest supporters and contributors to the make-a-wish organization so he's just furthering th that impact with that huge donation i think that's 
it also said that's the largest donation they've received from any individual. So that's pretty cool. You know, you like to see that kind of stuff. Um, and then a couple of small injury notes. Firstly, for the Mavericks, Kyrie Irving uh, missed tonight's game versus Denver in Denver with uh, back tightness. So uh, hopefully we're able to see him back in the lineup soon. And then for the Trailblazers, uh, Anfred Simons is planning to have an MRI on a sprained right ankle on Thursday, which he sustained in that Wizards game just last night. So otherwise, that's our, our key news. Justin, any comments on any of these news items before we jump to our next uh, segment? Um, I don't have too much to say about any of these. I think the Michael Jordan donation was pretty cool. Um, it's also weird to me that he's 60 years old. <laughs> that is weird. I mean, he's, yeah, about our, our parents' age, which is kind of wild. I mean, of course, neither of us remember really his playing days. That was a bit before our, you know, our personal recollections of, of you know, the NBA in our lifetime. But, he, you know, of course we we still know him and recognize him for the player that he was and now as a 60 year old team owner retired golfer it's kind of a kind of an odd thing to remember at times but um yeah definitely cool to see that i, I really can, can i can i diverge this for a second and tell a story that i had pop into my brain go for it i promise this one will be quick so listen okay so way back in the day when i was a little kid i really liked basketball and my parents did as well and so I had a little mini hoop and I had a baby Michael Jordan jersey and I would shoot on it all the time um, and my parents had taped um, the 1998 finals um, on VHS and so we had one of those really big flat square TVs that has like 45 inches of TV and a 20 inch screen mm-hmm. um, and about and- 15 inches of tv behind the screen right? yeah this just the the massive amount of girth and depth on this thing yeah um was incredible and the the picture quality was probably about you know maybe 200 pixels you know yeah. on the whole tv screen so it was terrible quality gigantic tv and when i was young i would play in this room all the time and this tv was in there and so i would watch these old taped finals and I remember watching when I was a little kid, um, the game six where Michael Jordan hits his final big shot and just being so infatuated with basketball from that age and being a huge, huge Dennis Rodman fan and being a huge Michael Jordan fan and really, really enjoying the fact that the Jazz had um, a couple of players who I could kind of relate to who were short and white and could ball. Mm. And I... I, I remember that game more vividly than any other, specifically just because of the shot. And I, I loved the crowd. And I would, yeah, I would practice that shot on the little tykes hoop that was in that room over and over again. So I I think Michael Jordan is the best to ever do it. I've been a big Michael Jordan fan for my entire life. And it's fun to see him do good things. Yeah. No, that's, you bring up uh, my own little memory of sorts. I remember probably maybe about the same age that you would have been in this memory that you're talking about. I had a a love for Michael Jordan as well, even though uh, it was just that secondhand, you know, memory of, I'm sure my dad had clips on TV or had some TV show going that showed Jordan. And I remember having uh, like a red and black basketball Jersey that I thought, Oh, it's Michael Jordan stuff. And I guarantee you it wasn't. I think it was like some sort of old Navy generic 
jersey and like shorts but it was something <laughs> i enjoyed and envisioned oh it's michael jordan you know so um yeah thank you for bringing that up jib but also for kind of refreshing me in my own memory and even for us who weren't you know firsthand witnesses of jordan his legacy is always going to be something that carries through uh even to this day so definitely a, a special uh special moment thanks thanks again for sharing that i really appreciate that um yeah of course a little nostalgia never hurt anybody yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, let's jump to our next segment. Now, normally on our uh, Wednesday show, we've had it kind of penciled in where we do uh, league storylines and rumor mill conversations. And we've mentioned that as we shift more towards the back half of the season and start looking more towards the playoff, we'll start doing playoff preview type talk. We are planning on doing that still. We won't do it today simply because we're all kind of – I paying attention to the upcoming all-star weekend. We're going to have a little bit of break where there's no games happening. Excuse me. So with that, I think we're going to take a break. We're going to do another round of that 20 guesses game that we've come up with register trademark. And, um, <laughs> and then we'll come back in a couple of weeks and get, you know, once the season starts back up in earnest, we'll get back into, okay, what is the playoffs going to look like and get into that conversation more fully. So, um, so going to that game, if you weren't here when we've played it the, the time or two that we have, either with Justin or with the other co-host Wyatt, here's how it works. Basically, we'll do we'll do one round where each of us picks one player. And when you pick the player, so one person picks the player that the other person has to guess. And the other person has 20 guesses to try and get that correct player. And it can be any player in NBA history. Uh, it could be you know, the greatest of all time and who, you, you know, that person's mind, it could be the 15th man on a garbage squad. No one remembers. It could be any player, right? Um, the only clues you're given to start is that player's career stats across their, all the games they played their career averages. There's three lifelines that you can use. Those are what, what were the stats for that player's best seasons? What accolades did they earn? Like, you know, all-stars, all NBA MVPs, things like that. And what teams did they play for? Now, there's no penalty for using the lifelines other than your own pride of being able to guess this without needing to use lifelines. Um, that being said, Justin, are you ready to go ahead and get started with the player that I've selected? Sure. Yeah, I, I'm ready. Let's get going. Okay. Our mystery player, the only thing, again, that he gets is a career stat line. His career stats over uh over his entire career 7.2 points per game 2.2 rebounds per game 1.6 assists 0.5 steals 0.2 blocks his shooting percentages he shot 40.6 percent from the floor 34 percent from three and 69.8 percent from the free throw line those are your career averages for this mystery player and again, Jib has 20 guesses to try and figure out uh, who this mystery player is. And with with each guess, I forgot to mention this, with each guess, I will give him some hints that help kind of along the way. You'll see how it works as we go. All right. Did this player play in the 1900s? So I, if you remember, I'm not answering direct hints like that. You're just guessing a player, and based on that guess, I can say, oh, that player ah. is, isn't is correct, but this certain aspect is correct. 
things like that. Hopefully that makes, that makes more sense. More like Wordle or Worldle. Yeah, yeah, that's a good good way to put it. Okay. Then never mind. Was <laughs> this player um Horace Grant? Okay, your first guess is Horace Grant. Uh it is not Horace Grant. Uh however, this player uh has won a championship as has Horace Grant. <laughs> okay, that narrows it down to <laughs> a thousand <laughs> plus players, probably. Um, is this player Michael Kidd Gilchrist? No, um, it's not Michael. So let's see, Michael. It's not Michael, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Um, but the name being semi unique is something that's sort of similar but that might be a little bit not helpful actually let me, it... let me give you a better one before you get your give you your next guess this player was most noteworthy for a fellow southeast division team as was michael kidd gilchrist oh interesting was this player world be free no <laughs> you're getting colder <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, was this player Ron Artest? No, you're burning through. You've already used four of your twenty guesses, and I'm so almost there. You're, you, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think Ron Artest is quite closer. They're similar, sort of. And th that's not going to help you. Never mind. There, there's not too many similarities between this player and Ron Artest. So you've got four guesses. Do you want to use any of your lifelines at this not point? Not yet. I'm going to I'm gonna not save yet. those for when the clutch time is, if I need them by then. Okay. All right. I'm trying to think of other players who have averaged. You said seven points a game. Yep. Again, that's Forest, career average. Career average, seven points, six assists, three rebounds? It, it, no, seven seven points, two rebounds, one and a half assists. Oh, so worse than I was expecting. Yeah. Uh, uh, remember, we have that hint about Southeast <laughs> Division. That includes, I'll give you the teams, the Charlotte Bobcats slash Hornets, the Miami Heat, the uh, Washington Wizards, the Orlando Magic, and the Atlanta Hawks. Okay. And that was this player's kind of best known for that era of their career. Best known for the era of the Southeast Division? Well, like that, their best era, their most notable era of their individual career was when they were playing for one of those teams. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Hmm. So again, he's used four of 20 guesses. So he's 20% of his guesses used and still has all three of his lifelines. Um, again, those lifelines, if he chooses to use them, are those players' best seasons, averages, uh, career accolades, and teams that they've played for. Jib, are you feeling closer to a, a fifth guess here? Um, I'm sorry. I'm thinking very hard. There's a whole lot of players who have played in the Southeast Division, but I'm going to guess another one. Okay. Is it Udonis Haslam? 
it's not Udonis Haslam. Um, that player similarly is kind of more best recognized as a solid role player, a starter at his best and a decent starter at his best. Okay. Not what are the lifelines again? The lifelines are uh, the best seasons of that player's career, what their averages were for that those best seasons, um, their career accolades, and the teams that they played for in their career. Could I have their career accolades? Sure. Now, this is a little bit complicated because I already really gave you their career, accol career accolades. They're a one-time champion. I'll clarify that by saying that championship came uh, during the decade of the 2010s. So I'll give you a little bit more help. A champion in the 2010s. Okay. That actually does help quite a lot. Um, let's see. They won a championship in the 2010s. They're most known for playing for the Southeastern Division teams. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Is it Is it who? Iman Shumpert. Not a bad guess. It's not a Iman Shumpert. Um but let me double check this before I give you this hint. Um, this player and Iman Shumpert, yeah, the same height and weight as this mystery player. So hopefully that helps you in your direction. Sounds good. And they, you said he averaged seven points, two assists, one board. Seven points, one board, two assists. Yeah. Se seven points. Two, uh, let's see, seven points, two and a half, no, two rebounds and one and a half assists. All right. <laughs> I have, I have no idea. I've been like looking over like, uh, the 2010s championships, right. And looking at the Miami heat rosters, cause that's the only team in the division. And I have no idea who it might be. <laughs> now, now I, I'll give you a bit more of a hint and a clarification. Their championship did not necessarily come with the team they were best known for playing for. Okay. So that narrows it down to 10 teams then. Yeah. <laughs> a decade's <laughs> worth of championships. <laughs> decade's worth of championships and a player with roughly the same height and weight as Iman Shumpert. But again, they're mm. best known for playing for a different team than the team they won a championship with. Uh, again, just an update for the listening audience. That's six guesses and one lifeline in at this point. Six guesses and one lifeline in. So he has the option to use two more lifelines if he feels like he needs it. And he has still 14 guesses to work with uh, within the constraints of the game. Um, I am going to guess Norris Cole from the Heat. I know you said that he didn't 
win a championship for the same team that he's known for. But I think Norris Cole was probably around that size and those career averages. Uh, it's not Norris Cole. And uh, you're colder with that guess of Norris Cole. Uh, okay. Cole was a point guard and played a different type of game than these two players. Our mystery player and Iman Shumpert are very similar. I, there's something I feel like I can give you that would break it wide open, but I don't want to just give you a very easy hint. Yeah, you can't just toss it to me. That would be too much. Um, are we counting 2010 as the 2010s season, or are we starting in 2011? Uh, 2010 would count in that 2010s grouping. So 2010 to 2019? Yeah. Um, I'm trying He's to think. Used a third Maybe of J his guesses. Oh, what's JJ guess? Barea? No, but you you have the correct team as far as a championship team. <clears throat> with that J.J. Barea guess. All right. That means we're getting close. Oh, you've got to get – come on, Jib. You're, you're getting you're right very, there. very close. You're right you're, there. You're... <laughs> Barea's 5'10". Why are you guessing J.J. Barea? I, <laughs> I, I'm not, like, trying to cheat. I'm trying to just think of players who are similar – you know, in length and size, maybe to a Mon Shumpert. I, I'm trying to not cheat and like look at rosters and stuff, unless that's allowed. Hey, go for it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For for uh, my um, sake. <laughs> what about Karan Butler? It's not Karan Butler. No, that's closer than Berea, but it's not Karan Butler. <laughs> Again, best known for play with. Another team, you maybe would forget that he was on this championship team, although he was a big player on the team. Similar size to Amon Shumpert. Similar styles of play in some ways. Oh, Jim. Um, Sean Marion. No, not Sean Marion. That's yeah, Marion is much too good for that. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate. Is that my hint? Is it's colder? Colder than um yeah. I don't know. Uh, oh, okay. Here's their roster. Is it Deshaun Stevenson? Yes, it's Deshaun Stevenson. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> the the neck tattoo goat. I, I could have said something about Abraham Lincoln and that maybe would have steered you towards him but I, I was thinking like if i just told him the jersey number i feel like that would crack it wide open he wore number 92 with the mavericks i remember this dude is a weird cat but um yeah he was most i would say he's best well known for his years with the wizards and the lebron beef with the wizards <laughs> and yeah. southeast division team his nickname is papa smurf that's awesome <laughs> Of course it is. <laughs> and interestingly enough, he spent his first three and a half seasons with the Jazz. He was drafted by the Jazz. Really? I did not know that. There you go. Now you do. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right. Well, let's let's trade away from that embarrassment and see if you can get the player who I've picked who should be easier than Deshaun Stevenson. Okay. But you're going to have to deal with me giving the clues, so you have to remember that these need to be taken with some grains of salt. Are you ready? Oh, I'm I'm ready. Ready. All right. This player's career averages were 15.2 points per game, 2.6 rebounds per game, 6.7 assists per game, yeah. shooting 47% from the field, 40.2% from three, 90.4% from the free throw, and an, an average field goal percentage. Yeah. Did I already say that? Of 47.2%. Yeah. All right. So 15 points, two and a half boards, six and a half assists a game. Steve Nash. No. Oh. But that was <laughs> that I feel like that's a fairly equivalent player though. Then maybe that's like too I, good of a hint. I feel like I was gonna guess that right away. Um yeah. <laughs> hmm. If it's not Steve Nash, is it John Stockton? It is not John Stockton either. Oh, okay. Um Let's let's see if I can give you a hint that won't, won't instantly give you it away, even though you've guessed two players who are similar in height to mm-hmm. this player. There's your there's your hint. John Stockton and Steve Nash are both similar in height to this player. Uh, did you say they're like career steals or blocks? Um, I did not. I can look at those if you would like. Okay. Let's see here. You're higher in assists, which makes me think, of course, point guard. Great. They averaged. Sure. They averaged one steal a game and zero point one blocks a game. One steal, zero point one blocks. This is career averages. I don't think I don't think Chris Paul is that high of a three point percentage shooter, so that's not my guess. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steve Nash, John Stockton. It's not Jason Kidd either. He didn't shoot that high percentage from three. Um, but then also those averages are a touch low, in the sense that maybe they're not quite as good as Nash or Stockton. Okay, listening audience, we have kind of an interesting uh, situation. We've been able to edit around it a little bit up to this point in the episode, but uh, unfortunately, Justin is having a little bit of internet troubles again. Um, from what I understand, he, uh, he kind of shares internet across a few different people living in, the, in that same uh, building. Uh, and so the they are potentially, you know, tampering with the internet or trying to, to reset it on their end. So that's... Um, uh, potentially caused some issues for him. We're going to do this game over text. And so you're not going to be able to hear Jib's thoughts other than me just reciting his text. Um, so now I'm giving him as my, my third guess is Isaiah Thomas. And again, I think that I don't think Isaiah Thomas shot quite that high of a percentage from three point range. Uh, Cause he said that the shoot, the three point percentage was like 40%. And Isaiah Thomas wasn't a terrible three, three point shooter, but he wasn't a great three point shooter. 
Um, so that's my guess. I've guessed Steve Nash, John Stockton, and Isaiah Thomas now. Uh, he's going to tell me if Isaiah Thomas is correct. I don't think it is, um, but he's also going to, of course, try and steer me with some hints. I still have my lifelines if I want to use those. Uh, if I remember correctly, the career stat line for the player was about 15 points per game, uh, two or three rebounds, and six or seven assists, along with, again, really good shooting percentages and a high three-point percentage as well as a free-throw shooter. Um yeah, and he said, nope, this player is a much better three-point shooter than Isaiah. I uh, kind of understood that. I want to say that scoring average is too high for Steph Curry, though. The the free throw percentage would match it, though. Yeah, Curry, Curry's got a much higher career scoring average, so it can't be him. But it's a point guard with high three-point shooting. Uh, I'll go ahead. I said I wouldn't guess Chris Paul. But I'll throw that in there as my guess. This is my fourth guess. Um, hopefully he's able to steer me with a little bit more hints here. We've guessed kind of some of the best point guards of all time. With that three-point percentage, the free throw percentage, and the high assists, I think it's got to be one of the best shooting point guards ever. At least that's in my mind. That's how it's working. Um, like the assists is pretty on par for what Curry averages. Um Actually, I might have my next guess already. Um, let's see. No, no that's, I was going to guess Kyle Lowry. This player's older than Chris Paul? Huh. 90% free throw shooter. Older than Chris Paul. Not Steve Nash, though. This is kind of an interesting one. This is tricky. Um, older than Chris Paul. So that means, um, oh, you know what? This is probably wrong too, but Darren Williams? But they're like the same age, so this might just be wrong entirely. Um, I don't think his career assist average is quite that high. It could be, though. I mean, in his prime jazz days, he was averaging close to like eight or nine assists per game, maybe even ten. Um, and now I was going to maybe think Kyle Lowry, but yeah, I looked it up, confirmed his averages aren't quite what I was picturing. Um, older than Chris Paul, it's tricky. And again, there's probably people out there who have already figured it out and are <laughs> screaming. Oh, here's this hint. This player never played for the jazz. Thanks, Jib. That really, uh, really clears it up. <laughs> Because the Jazz have had boatloads of new players in their history. It's not like they are one of the most consistently non-turnover rosters in NBA history, if that makes sense at all. Um, Not Stockton, not Chris Paul. The high free throw percentage is what's really throwing me off. Older than Chris Paul. Better three-point shooter, though. Oh, I, I know who it is. It's got to be this guy. It's got to be Mark Price. I'm not even going to put a question mark. That's got to be Mark Price. I mean, high assists, points per game, and the percentages. There we go. Yes. We got it correct, everybody. Mark Price. I should have thought of that sooner. Uh, got it. Good job. 
It is also his birthday today. Oh, well, there you go. That's why we picked Mark Price, apparently. Uh, happy birthday to Mark Price. Shout out to him. Yeah, February 15th, 1964. He turned 59 today. So happy birthday, Mark Price. Um, yep. Yeah, career averages. And, and yeah, he was a, a great free throw shooter, great three-point shooter ahead of his era. Great player for the Cavs. Uh, so let's see. Uh, okay, so let's real quick thank uh, Justin, Jib, if you will, for, for adding in that uh, back half of the segment. I apologize once again that we had to do kind of a, a strange workaround for that. But uh, I th- think that we both had some interesting players to talk about and, and use for this uh, our 20 guesses game. So we'll go ahead and jump to the weekly predictions. And again, without Jib on here, I'll just go ahead and go over his prediction for him and probably, you know, try and talk about where he's coming from. Firstly, I'll talk my prediction. My prediction isn't too crazy uh, or outlandish. Mine is that the Spurs, the San Antonio Spurs, will land the best odds at the number one overall pick in the 2023 draft, meaning that they will finish the season with the worst record. And I, I feel bad about that. You know, I don't mean to to rag on the Spurs or, you know, um, you know, take shots at the team. That's not really my, my meaning, but they just have, have struggled this year and they're in the latest of long losing streaks that they've had up to this point in the season. They're currently on a 14 game losing streak uh, at the time we're recording this. And they've, they have 14 wins against 45 losses early in the season. They weren't terrible. They were, you know, maybe just out of that play in picture. They weren't great, but they weren't terrible, but they've, they had the, you know, they've had some roster struggles as far as the Primo incident. They've maybe had some injuries. Uh, Devin Vassell, of course, has been a big loss and not having him for much of the season, if at all. And right now, they're the second worst record behind the Rockets. And I just anticipate the Rockets have a little bit more to work with as far as Jabari Smith Jr. getting more acclimated, uh, Alperen Shangun getting, you know, showing some bright moments. Jalen Green with his scoring, I feel like they are going to have a chance to pull together some more wins than the Spurs. The Spurs, especially trading away Jakob Pertl, the key piece with Vassell injured is still Kelvin Johnson. He plays well. Trey Jones has had some some spots. Outside of that, there's not really a lot to the Spurs roster. And so I feel like they have, you know, a, a strong possibility to, you know, end up losing a lot more in this back half of the season and finishing with that worst record. So that's my prediction. Um, Justin's prediction. uh, Let's go ahead and unveil that right now. And his prediction is that the Nets best option right now would be to flip Ben Simmons uh, and trade him for as many picks as possible. So especially going into, they've now, uh, you know, traded Irving and Durant, of course, with the trade deadline pass, they can't move Ben Simmons until uh, the off season, but you know, you'd think that's maybe what they look to do next. I'm not sure his exact contract uh, situation. We can maybe look that up right now, see what his contract is. It's probably uh, not great, and especially with the way he's played this season, still missing time, uh, not wanting to be an offensive player by any stretch. He's shooting 43% from the free throw line, absolutely abysmal. And um, – yeah, his let's see, current contract has him uh, making forty million dollars in the twenty twenty five season. Uh, so he's got two more years, no player option, no team option. Uh, if you're the Nets and you're trying to now look towards more of a rebuild, 
Um, yeah, you'd probably try and trade him. That would, you know, that would make sense. Um, that's going to be a tough one, though. I don't know who takes him on. He seems broken is a strong word. He's a young player still, and he's got a lot of time to still be that defensive playmaking specialist and impact player that he has been. But there's definitely some work to be done with Ben Simmons. The lack of offensive desire, you know, not even so much ability. He just doesn't seem like he wants to try and be some some kind of an offensive threat. He just wants to do what he's comfortable with, defense and playmaking. And he's good at those. But it's like in the modern NBA, you need more than that. And so I understand where Jib's coming from. Uh, that would probably be the best option you know, contribute to the rebuild, but I don't see how they do that and who takes that on. Um, but it's still a good prediction and, you know, uh, you know, good. I imagine if they can find a deal, they'll make that deal and, you know, try and clear them out and, you know, start fresh with some younger talent, you know, start small, get some picks, things like that. So, yeah, I feel like that's a good prediction. I think, you know, both of us didn't go, neither of us rather went ultra crazy with our predictions. We're just kind of going with things that, uh, you know, fit what's going on in the league currently, but you know, nothing wrong with that. Um, okay. Uh, I guess that takes care of our, um, let's see. That takes care of the the bulk of our show today. Again, apologies for the, the show being a little bit uh, kind of ragtag at moments with us working around technical difficulties. I'll go ahead and give you a, this day in history fact uh, this one comes from 2001, February 15th of 2001. Mitch Richmond of the Washington Wizards became the 26th player in NBA history to score 20,000 points when he tallied 18 points in a 102-78 to loss to San Antonio. Richmond achieved the milestone with a 16-foot jump shot in the second quarter. Uh, one of my favorite players of all time, The Rock, Mitch Richmond. I like to talk about him. Um, my, maybe a preview for one of our franchise-focused bonus episodes, Mitch Richmond being a part of that. Uh, stay tuned for that. But um, in contrast to yesterday, where we had an abundance of choices of really interesting facts for that day in history, the this day, February 15th, was a little bit lacking. That's still a cool one that he was able to pass the 20,000-point mark for his career. But, um, yeah, not quite as crazy as the day prior, February 14th. But, um that being said, uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening. Uh, on tomorrow's show, we potentially might be joined by uh, Justin again. He's talked about uh, finding time to be able to come record a podcast in person, which would maybe help with some of those uh, technical difficulty workarounds. I don't think that would be the reason. He also is interested to see uh, kind of the setup, get some more, you know, work in with the podcast uh, in my location. So, so he might be on tomorrow's podcast. Uh, whether he is or not, we're going to be our, do our normal game summaries and get into our uh, franchise focus for the Utah Jazz, uh, which will, of course, be following our franchise focus for the Atlanta Hawks, which is t- tonight's, or not the Atlanta Hawks, excuse me, the Charlotte Hornets, which is tonight's bonus franchise focus episode. So we have a bonus episode for you tonight. Tomorrow's episode will be the Utah Jazz franchise focus along with our game summaries. And Tomorrow night, we also have an additional bonus episode with a franchise focus for the Sacramento Kings. We have three franchise focuses over the next couple of days. Uh, definitely tune into those for some some bonus uh, content for the show. Also, if you want other content from the show, be sure to follow our Instagram page, Crossover Across Time on Instagram, all one word. Uh, we 
share content from the show. We share stuff from across the NBA. Definitely check it out. Uh, with that, thanks everyone for listening. And we'll be back with you on our, our bonus episodes and the rest of our week episodes going forward.